This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's hour three of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, Brian Broaddus is working on a full report that's coming up at 440. He's been talking with members of the Gang of Seven, active NFL coaches even, who have uh, played the 49ers this year. And uh, he will have the best info possible coming up at uh, 440 from a Cowboys perspective. Right now, we get the best info possible from a 49ers perspective. Tracy Sandler, Niners beat reporter, host of the Tracy Sandler Show on the Believe Network, founder and CEO of the Fangirl Sports Network. Tracy joins us now here on your home of the Cowboys. And a good afternoon, Tracy. How the hell are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? We're doing good, thanks. Um, Tell us, what's the tone in in Northern California? Are are fans at this point convinced that uh, it's the Niners year again? I think fans are pretty convinced that it is their year, and they think they have good reason to feel that way. The 49ers have been playing at a very high level and have been just obviously on a roll with this 11-game win streak, including the playoffs. So they are feeling that way, and they have good reason to feel that way. Um, so you 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 agree that uh, – would you say the 49ers are, are, are the prohibitive favorite in the NFC, or how are you looking at uh, them and their quality, their chances? I would say they are the prohibitive favorites. I think, obviously, Dallas is a very, very good football team. The Eagles are a good football team. The Giants looked great the other night. But to be the 49ers, just from a talent perspective and the way that they are playing together and the way they've come together these last couple of months, to me, seem to be the favorite in the NFC. And they have Christian McCaffrey, and that seems to help everything. Yes, that was a great addition, Tracy, but... Can't the clock strike midnight on Brock Purdy here at some point pretty quick? It is the postseason. You know, you would think, and I know that a lot of people feel like that could potentially happen, but the thing with Brock Purdy, the place where I found it so impressive and felt like maybe the clock really will not strike midnight on Brock Purdy is going back to the December 15th game against the Seattle Seahawks. That was the game where the Fournaires clinched the division. Brock Purdy was coming in on four days rest. He was hurt going into one of the toughest stadiums to play in. And he played very well. They win. They clinch the division, you know, on the road. And that game showed me that I think Brock Purdy's got it. Whatever it is, that X factor, he has it. And you can see it in the way Kyle Shanahan trusts him. You can see it in the way his teammates talk about him and the way that they trust him. And at the end of the day, this doesn't all have to be on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy just doesn't have to make mistakes. He's got to get the ball to his playmakers. The defense has to play at the level they've been playing at all season. So that's the thing with Brock Purdy, too. He doesn't have to lead them to the Super Bowl he has to do his job to get them there and of course you already mentioned McCaffrey but how different is this Niners team now than the one that the Cowboys played in the playoffs last year well it's just it's a in some ways a completely different team I think the defense may actually be better Uh, I think they're certainly better in the secondary and Christian McCaffrey makes all the difference in the world Kyle Shanahan hasn't had a player 
quite like Christian McCaffrey. He hasn't had a running back like Christian McCaffrey in his offense. And you just see what a difference he makes, not only with his play, but with the attention he gets, which leaves other guys open. And without Christian McCaffrey, you have quite a few playmakers on the team. So if he's, if everybody's on top of Christian McCaffrey, then that leaves Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon IU, Elijah Mitchell, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. So I think he's made such a difference. And he's just, he's, I, I hate to use this phrase, but he, he's built different. He is an incredible football player, and he just has an instinct. And he sees the field in a way that I just don't think you can teach. He just has. So speaking of the it factor that I was saying about Brock earlier, Christian most certainly has that it factor. Talking with Tracy Sandler, 49ers beat writer here with the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Now, you, you mentioned the Niners defense being better than it was a year ago. Seemed like Seattle last week was able to throw on them a little bit. Vegas was able to mm-hmm. have some success through the air. Is that their biggest weakness if you had to pinpoint one? Maybe teams can have some success vertically? Yes, I would say if there if there is a weakness, that is one. And, you know, they lost Emmanuel Mosley in week five at corner, and that was a huge loss to the team, and I felt all season long that was going to be the biggest injury and perhaps the one that caused them the biggest problems and could be the biggest hindrance in them getting to the Super Bowl. Diamador Lenore has been up and down, had a much, much better game this past Saturday than he'd had the last few weeks, but certainly had been up and down. Trevarius Ward's been incredible for San Francisco, did not have the best game of his season or probably had the worst game of his season last Saturday. I don't think it's a huge area of concern, but even against Las Vegas, there were a couple of issues. So I would say if there were a weakness, that's it. And of course with Dallas, with Dak Prescott and the receivers he has and the tight end, I think, you know, that is the place where they could exploit the 49ers, which makes it even more important for Nick Bosa and that 49ers pass rush to bring pressure to Prescott. From a 49ers perspective, what is it you guys are talking about this week when it comes to the Cowboys? What's scaring you maybe about this matchup? Well, when you, the Dallas defense is incredible, and you have an incredible player in Micah Parsons, and the defense is just incredible generally. And then if Dak Prescott plays like Dak Prescott played on Monday night, and you know that that Dak Prescott is in there, of course, the Buccaneers are not the 49ers, so it's a little bit hard to judge. But if, if that Dak Prescott comes out on Sunday – then it's going to be a very, very tough matchup for San Francisco. And I think it could very well come down to who wins the turnover battle, which happens so often in the NFL and especially in the playoffs. And that's the thing. Can they pressure Dak into throwing a few of those interceptions? And that becomes, I think, a big question. But Dallas is an incredible defense. And, you know, Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, I mean, there's, these teams match up very well against each other. To me, the upper echelon of the NFC the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. And all three of those teams, in my opinion, match up very well together. So I think that is an area of concern for San Francisco. 49ers reporter Tracy Sandler here with us. So do you expect a close game? I actually do. I kind of been going back and forth on this, where some of part of me feels like it could be a really close game. Part of me feels like it could be really close for three quarters and the 49ers will pull away. But I do believe that this is going to be a very tough physical close game and this may be the best team the 49ers have played in a very long time they're up to the challenge and I still think that they will win the game but I do think it will be close and it's going to be physical It'll be a very physical football game when things don't go San Francisco's way on offense and they're sputtering and uh, what's that look like how do you get the Niners to third and long what do you got to execute you got to bring you got to bring pressure to, to Purdy. You got to block Christian McCaffrey. But the thing is with Purdy, and this is the thing that's just been kind of cool to watch, especially as someone who's really been watching him since rookie minicamp. He 
he's kind of unflappable. So even if they're on these third and long situations, he doesn't seem to panic. But I think, you know, bringing pressure to him, covering Debo, covering McCaffrey, making Brock go to his second, third reads. But that's the other thing with Brock Purdy. He has an ability to extend plays. Uh, his teammates call him slippery. And, you know, that I think is what's going to be very hard to defend. But I, I do think it's, it's that. It's just going to have to bring pressure to him. And just as I said, the 49ers were going to want to pressure Dak Prescott into throwing interceptions. Think the Cowboys are going to want to try to pressure Brock Purdy into making mistakes. He doesn't make a lot of them, but I think that's going to be a key for for Dallas for sure. Yeah, Tracy. I mean, you, you mentioned the it factor for Brock Purdy, and it seems like you know he's really kind of galvanized the locker room as well. Everybody's buying into him, I and mean, you went as far as to say, you know, with the Tom Brady rumors, which seem to never end, with him being linked to the Niners. That hey. Niners don't need Tom Brady. They've got Brock Purdy. What was the reception you got after putting that out there? Were people like, oh, you're crazy. If Tom Brady wants to come to San Francisco, you bring in Tom Brady. The reception I've gotten thus far is that people agree with it. I mean, at the end of the day, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He is the GOAT. There's no doubt about it. But as they they said in that video, he's probably got one or two years left in his career. The 49ers look at Brock Purdy and what he can do. And especially if he, but even if he can't lead him to a Super Bowl, but let's pretend he can get him to the Super Bowl. If you see what he can do at this point in his career, give him an offseason of first-team reps or even being in a battle for the QB1 position, I think he probably has done enough to show he deserves it. But let's even pretend there's a battle. You give him that offseason, more time in this offense, he's only going to get better and better, and he's the future. So I don't know that you want to rock the apple cart in that way. Is that the right? I don't know if that's even the right phrase, but I know there's Did something with an apple cart. You don't want to tip it. Tip it. No. Tip the apple cart. <laughs> but, uh, that, you know, let him you, – you don't want to mess with the future of the team. And then don't forget they also have Trey Lance, who very well may be the 49ers QB2 next year. So we think you look towards the future – especially if they win a Super Bowl with him because they then they've done that. They've won a Super Bowl. They they are in their window and he'll only get better. So that is my opinion on that. And most people seem to agree with me. A year ago, I don't think they would have. Two years ago, they definitely would have. But I think Brock Purdy has shown that he has it. And I think the big thing with Brock Purdy that I noticed is how much Kyle Shanahan trusts him. That to me is a huge, huge endorsement. It's not just how well he's playing, You can see that Kyle Shanahan has complete trust in him, and that, to me, says everything. What what did it seem like the Raiders were doing a few weeks ago? Because they were able to make that quite a game, 34 points they put up. What was it that they were doing that other offenses really hadn't been able to? Well, you know, Nick Bosa said after that game that he thinks that the 49ers did underestimate Jared Stidham a little bit, and I I really think that is what it came down to. First of all, of course, they have Devontae Adams, who's – you know, one of the very best receivers of the league. They have a tremendous running game. So they have a very high-powered offense. Darren Waller, so they have a very high-powered offense. The question mark was the quarterback, and I think the 49ers did slightly underestimate the quarterback. Jared Sinem also was able to run, and that is an area where the 49ers do have problems is with really mobile quarterbacks. Now, Dak Prescott can run. He's not necessarily the most mobile quarterbacks, but he certainly can run, and I think that's something – that the Cowboys are going to want to utilize because that is an area where the San Francisco defense has had trouble, not only this year, but in years past. So I think that's going to be a, a big one. And then it's just not making mistakes. And not to sound like a broken record, but it is going to be, you know, the turnover and turnover battle and play calling. And I think the factor we haven't talked about in this game is Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. And you have one of the greatest play callers in the league in Kyle Shanahan. And that also 
could end up making a very big difference. And then for the 49ers defense, you know, Danico Ryan has a tremendous ability for second half adjustments to, to make the defense better and better, even when they're struggling and to, to adjust and do what they need to do. So that's, what's going to make it difficult for Dallas. But I would say, you know, utilizing Dak as a runner, if they can, would be a big help for the Cowboys offense. It's Tracy Sandler. 49ers reporter here with us on 105.3 The Fan. How can you be so sure they're great, Tracy, when they haven't played any of the top five teams in the NFL this year? Well, I think, first of all, you can only play who's on the schedule. Uh, but I also think that this is just a very good football team. It, it just is. It's just a good, it's just a very good football team. When you look at the talent and you look at this roster and you look at how they play together and they've come together and no matter who you're playing, it is not easy to win 11 games in a row. So I, I really do believe they are the top team in the NFC, certainly in that top three that I mentioned, including your Cowboys. Uh, but that, that to me is, is why I know they're great, just because the way they play and they've executed such a high level and they've just gotten better and better. And Kyle Shanahan said last week that he thought the team was even better than that game December 15th because they have Elijah Mitchell back, they have Debo Samuel back, Christian McCaffrey's been in this offense for quite some time and I would agree with that I and mean, this is a very healthy football team right now and that's a real great place to be going to the divisional round what's the future like for Trey Lance then if Brock Purdy's kind of won this job what, what what do you think the plan is moving forward for Lance well I think you know it's probably premature I do think Brock Purdy has shown enough to win the job it probably is premature for me to make that as like a blanket statement obviously sure. also it's not my decision but probably premature Take it up like it's Damon, but I think Trey Lance probably does stay here and he's the backup, or they do have a quarterback competition. But my feeling on that quarterback competition would be that it's Brock Purdy's job to lose more than it's Trey Lance's job to win. But I think he stays here. He he counts towards I think ten million dollars towards the salary cap next year. So I don't I don't think he's going anywhere, but he may very well end up as their backup quarterback. And then then the 49ers are in a similar position as they were in this year. You had Trey Lance's QB1 and Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup. You have Brock Purdy as QB1 and Trey Lance as your backup. They're probably in a pretty good spot. Have you started to have any Micah Parsons nightmares yet? Myself? No, I actually don't have to play against him, thank God, because nobody <laughs> wants to see that. If I had to play against him, I would have many a Micah Parsons nightmare. I will tell you that. No, I'm just saying just be careful. Wait till Friday. Once you get about 48 hours before kickoff, I mean, we've seen reporters for other teams all year start to get these nightmares about Micah. So it, it, it could happen. Just be on your, be on your guard. sweats, okay. Tracy. I will, I'll let you guys know. If I have a Micah Parsons nightmare, you guys will be the first ones I tell them. Thank you. Brock Purdy definitely is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. Appreciate the time. Have a great uh, time covering the game, and we'll catch up with you in the future. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. You bet you there. She is Tracy Sandler, Niners reporter. Nice enough to join us right here on your home of the Cowboys. She came in and faced the nation, and we gave her the tough questions, didn't we? Goodness. I uh, appreciate that. No nice job, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the truckrick.com text line, like, man, what, really confident. Really confident yeah. there. With the yeah. 49ers. She's she's, she was she's confident, loving the Niners She's right confident now. in the 49ers like I am the Cowboys. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, when you cover a team, there. I guess we're going to rep our yeah, own. A little balance yeah. there. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe leaning homer just a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, Tracy and Mr. Broadus. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the homerism.
Okay. okay. Well, well you're good at it. Okay. And he's prepared uh, Krusty's Corner 2.0 coming up at 440 after Let's talking go. with more NFL coaches Man, about how to. Stuff for you oh, guys. oh, this is going to be good. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, it's time for Woolchuck's Top 10 at 420. Where are we going with that, sir? It is Cowboys Niners week, one of the best rivalries in the history of the NFL. I've got the top 10 most intense NFL rivalries of all time. Next on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Oh, wow. Welcome back, G-Bag Nation. That was weird. Is that a burp? It happened. No, no, it was something else. I had something like stuck in my throat. Uh-oh. Wow. I was eating some uh, sun chips, some salsa sun chips at the did break. you shovel those in right before I the, did. the microphone turned on? I, I think there was a little extra chip in there, and That's it was uh, yummy. It was messing with my vocal cords. Love a sun chip, though, man. It's it's time now for the top 10 at 420. couple of notes. Tristan Vizcaino, Cowboys kicker, signed to the practice squad. We'll see what that means for uh, San Francisco. Merton Hanks with KNC tomorrow at 1.30. 512 off the tech says, These people in San Francisco are delusional about Purdy. He'll be lucky to last a half with the Cowboys if they play the way that they played against Tampa. That could happen quite easily. I'd be stunned if he's a franchise quarterback. I, I don't think he's quite that, but I think with Kyle Shanahan, he could have some success over a sustained period of time, and it wouldn't be the worst decision to say, hey, we're going to play out this rookie contract and build the other players on the team because you know it's a formula that works. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see a lot of Brock Purdy here over the next half decade. Yeah, that's the thing about it is that he's he's kind of got the similar path of Dak where you don't have that fifth-year option Yeah, you know, because of how – late he was picked or he wasn't picked in the first round so if he's in your plans you're going to have to make hay the, the next three years with him and until you can kind of get something done contractually wise if he's if he it turns out to be the type of player i just feel like that he's a really good fit for i do too I how they play legit. offense you know with the iowa state like i said everything was underneath intermediate he was like a 71 percent passer doing that so it's kind of a good fit for him in That's San Francisco. That's his lane. Yep. Okay, Brian does have a full report on how to score on the Niners coming up at, at 440. It is time now for Zach Wolchuk's top 10 at 420. Here he is, the Wooly Bully. Let me know your favorite slash most intense rivalry that you think that is in the NFL. 877-881-1053. It is Cowboys Niners week getting set. For maybe the best NFL playoff rivalry in the history of the game. We'll get to that in just a moment. I do want to play some audio for you, though. Ed Reed, and uh, I'm sure his Ravens will make an appearance on this top 10 list. That'd be my number one. He's now, ooh, okay. He is now the new head coach over at Bethune-Cookman. And he's not happy about a certain situation going on there on the campus. And here's Coach Reed taking 
to, I believe it was initially Instagram. And, uh, well, Coach, what do you got to say? Ben Mutton is showing I chose not to. But now I'm out here walking with the football team, picking up trash. But I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. They mutt me. These motherfuckers ain't even clean my goddamn office when I got here. I'm mutting y'all. Get your ass, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All this shit here was trash in front of me. Who you think got this shit cleared out? That building right there got trash in it. It's fucking trash. What are you talking about? I need no goddamn donors to come out and help out because people just want money. That's why I don't, that's why I don't with social network. out of here, man. Yeah. Wow. He was not happy about this. Big reaction. He wants uh, Bethune-Cookman to clean up the campus, apparently. He's passionate about litter. I think he's going to probably get a reaction from the school. I think that mission accomplished, Coach. Uh, and, and we'll see. Perhaps something positive can come from this video for Coach Ed Reed. Yeah. Got to have some standards, man. You know, maybe they need a little of that DAC energy. You but, drop something, pick it up, put it in the garbage. I mean, hell, they didn't even get his desk and office set up properly. I'd be, a little, I'd be no. a little bit irritated if I were that's Coach Reed. That is disrespectful. What the hell? There's still, like, framed photos of the family of the coach who was Hall there of prior. Famer. Yeah. Show some bleeping <laughs> respect. Yeah, well, it sounds some like self-respect. Empty, like, empty hey, this boxes. is our campus. This, yeah. is, this is our turf. This is our place. Amen we got to respect that. this thing. Amen man. to that. Hey, I got, I got some audio right here of uh, Ed Reed. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got, got you. you. Yeah, I got some audio of Ed Reed right here. You uh, hit that button, Lucius. That, somebody hit a button. Yeah. Well, I say you as one Hello. of those gators. How about that? Oh, yeah, he's back. Yeah, you sound a little distant there at first. Yep. All right. All right, here we go. Yeah, Ed Reed, I don't know if you want me to play this. I'll play it. Uh, but he was talking about his Baltimore teammates. This okay. was a long time ago. Oh, perfect. And he was talking to, who was he talking to now? Oh, crap. Uh, on Fox. Oh, Joe Buck. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was talking to Joe Buck. He's always hated trash. We're not going to win a championship. Y'all don't want to win a championship. Because we got a bunch of lowlights in here. And they start laughing like some of y'all. It's like lowlights in it, really? You call it lowlights? You know? And I'm like, yeah, lowlife. Because we got volunteer firemen walking around here cleaning up after grown men. Right? My locker, your locker, is two feet from the garbage can. You come off, take, cut your tape off, your ankles, your wrists, and instead of you throwing it in the garbage can, where you throw it at? On the floor. I'm like, listen, guys, this is the little things, man. Pick up your towel. You walking out. The dirty bin is right there when you walk out. Why are you leaving that towel in there for somebody else to come in there and clean up? I did it myself. Because I didn't want the firemen to have to look at my nasty-ass teammates' towels and have to pick them up all the time. I saw the teammates that can vouch for that. And they can vouch for this story because it's true. Super Bowl year. We ain't winning it if y'all don't do the little things. And did you sense a shift? Yes. No doubt. We, can't, we, we, we started to come together even more so. I said, we're going to the Super Bowl in New Orleans and we're winning it. It's unbelievable. I mean, wow. Oh, it's so, great leadership, man. I think we found out what triggers him. It's trash. Yeah, absolutely. There it is. The Hall of Famer. Attention the to detail guy. The myth, the legend, the great Ed Reed. All right, let's get into the top 10 most intense NFL rivalries. I tried to put a playoff spin, uh, make sure that there were good playoff rivalries in here as well, and find a list that, that did echo those sentiments. What are your 
favorite rivalries. We got a lot of love for Raven Steelers on here. That would be my one. Absolutely. Yeah. Raven Steelers does deserve to be uh, mentioned. Bears Packers. Dude, but Raven Steelers, like Sunday night, it's mm. the only game on. It's a night oh, yeah. game. I imagine one of the teams is wearing their, their all black kits and they just look out there dangerous and it's just physical football. Some of the hardest hits I've ever seen the 2000s. between Ravens and Steelers. Yep. I mean, Ryan Clark. I thought Ryan Clark ended Willis McGahee's entire life, yeah. not just career at one point. James Harrison, those defenses. I mean, that was just tough, physical, hard-nosed football. When they played in some conference championship games against each other, those were those were legendary. All right, we started at number 10. It is Cowboys-Packers. You go back the history of the NFL with the Ice Bowl. They've had some great regular season matchups as well. And then even lately with the playoffs, 2014, 2016. A lot of drama. A lot of drama yeah. between Cowboys, Packers, yeah. and two historically great franchises. Yeah. And the Cowboys got the better of them in the 90s, as you know so sure well, did. Brian. Sure did, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of hate there, but man, there's a lot of history at this point. Absolutely. You know, as far as a, a, a team that's beaten you in, in meaningful moments, uh, you know, I, I think still overall there's pretty good respect for the Packers from a lot of Cowboys fans, although many of you certainly hate them. Number nine, we've got the Raiders and the Broncos. It's a good one. That goes back yeah. to the old AFL days. You could also maybe the Chargers back in the day, the San Diego Chargers and the and the Raiders. A lot of all great, that AFC West, all stuff that AFC, was yeah, Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, very very intense. Buffalo and the Jets back in the AFL days. I was living in Seattle at the tail end of the AFC West. Yeah, and it was like every divisional game there was bad blood, even yeah. with the Seahawks. Yeah, I could see. I mean, unfortunately, the Raiders haven't been that awesome lately. But, yeah, growing up in, in some of those games around Monday Night Football when the Raiders were really good in the early 2000s, they made the Super Bowl runs, and you had even a competitive Broncos team. I think it was Greasy who was quarterbacking there, and then you had Jake Plummer for a little bit. Those were fun games. Uh, number eight, we go back to the Cowboys. It's Cowboys-Eagles. Always intense when those teams play. You can throw the records out. Yeah, there was a time, though, where the Cowboys owned the Eagles. I know growing up as a kid, starting to go to the games in the 1972 you know, the the Eagles weren't that good. You know, Roman Gabriel was an old washed-up quarterback from the Rams that was playing with the Eagles. You know, they, they didn't it really – it wasn't until Dick Vermeil got to uh, Philadelphia that that rivalry became really good in the 80s. They beat you in, a, in an NFC championship game uh, that, that, that took you out of there. But, yeah, the, the rivalry, I think – I think, you know, with Buddy Ryan and stuff, it was really good. You know, Andy, Andy just dominated. Andy, Andy did. Andy dominated you know, the, the division, so it really kind of lost a little luster there. But and it's coming it's back. Come back. Coming yeah. back, yeah. I'm surprised they have seven higher. Yeah. Number Seems seven. Hey, we're going to get it this weekend. It's Giants-Eagles. A lot of bad blood there. That goes way, way back, too. That's another one. When you and you go back to when the, the Eagles went in in 1960 and that, the thing with Chuck Bednarik, and he's – like Frank Gifford catches a ball and, and completely knocks him unconscious and he's standing over him. You know, I mean, that's that's this thing. But these are two franchises that go back to the 20s yeah. you know, with the way they play. But, so. I mean, the Eagles fans hate us way more than they hate the Giants. And the Giants probably hate the Cowboys and Eagles about the same. I think there was a time where I know growing up that we hated, as I say we being from Dallas, the the Commanders. Yeah, sure. The yeah, football 80s. team, Redskins. Yeah, we hated Joe the Red- Gibbs' years were tough. Yeah, we hated the Redskins. George Allen was worse in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, really. Number yeah. six, really worse. Yeah, oldest rivalry, Packers Bears. Packers Bears. Yeah, there's 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 legitimate hate between even though George Hallis saved the Green Bay Packers hmm. back at back in the day, he 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 gave money 
to the Packers in order for them to continue to play football. And it was fun because you got to feel the intensity because a lot of the time, like, this is one-sided, and it has been recently, but when they played in that NFC Championship game in 2010, both teams were actually really good for once, and you could feel like, oh, th- this is what the rivalry is actually supposed the to green, be like. The, the, the Chicago Bears to be one of the best jobs in the NFL, and they just haven't been able to get it back to where it once was. Mm. That, and that's a shame. That's a great franchise. Top five here on the top 10 at 420 NFL most intense rivalries. Number five, Seahawks 49ers. And I think this is more of a recent thing here in the last 15 years or so. Yeah, last 10, 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right. When it goes back, man, they used to play in some games when you know, when Colin Kaepernick and that when, when Harbaugh and those. I think Harbaugh, he kind of set that rivalry. And it, it, Harbaugh is a guy that nobody likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he was at San Francisco, everybody hated him in the league. And I think the Seattle fans picked up on that real quick. Well, and we know Sherman hated Michael Crabtree. You tried quite me with a bit. the sorry receiver like that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Number don't four. Don't ever disrespect don't me ever. like that. Uh, Aaron Andrews just stayed stoic there the whole time, though. Matter of respect for her. Number four. How about uh, this is a Super Bowl rivalry and two teams that will always be Pittsburgh, late. Dallas, Giants, Patriots. Oh, heck yeah, dude. Well, I mean it's. It's uh, as you said. It's the Super Bowl games. It's it just seems like every time they played, it was high stakes, and uh, and it was the undefeated season. I mean, even just that regular yeah. season game where it's like this the uh, the, re- the undefeated regular season yeah. Yeah. is on the yeah. line. That yeah. was a huge game. Then weeks later, they they meet in the Super Bowl, and then a few years later, they do it again. And, and Boston, all those games were epic, well, bro. Yeah, Boston, ooh, New York. I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it goes back to though when you look at Parcells and Belichick going to New England. I think that kind of oh, opened the that's right. that opened the door for like yes. the organization really when Bill and them all left out of New York. All those New York people are like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute! You're you're taking our coach? Why are you leaving us?" You know, I think that's when that rivalry really, really started. I think the Giants are maybe the only franchise that Patriots fans hate as much as the rest of the NFL hates them. Yeah, just because how those Super Bowls went. Yeah. At it, number it leaves th- a painful mark. Number three, we have Cowboys 49ers. That's a good one. That one goes back. I was on San Francisco radio today, and I was talking all the way back to nineteen the nineteen seventies at Old Kizar Stadium. Mm. You know, and, and Roger Staubach and and those guys, uh, Tony Fritch, onside kick that you know that they Ron Sellers catching a ball. Yeah, they it's it's a, it's it goes way 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 back. It's been fun listening to Baskey on Mike likes it for on on KMC, which you can catch during their Expressway from uh, twelve twenty to one. And he's been going back and rewatching those '90s games against the Niners. And t- yeah. today he was talking about the '94 game and just how the Cowboys lost it and how you know that they get field down 21 was an to nothing. Absolute mess. He man. talked about Crazy. yeah. I mean it, it, that, that yeah. was fun to go back and listen to. You can hit that uh, Odyssey rewind. Number two is indeed Steelers Ravens. Yeah, there you go. Epic. But number one, and this is all because of the quarterbacks. Now I don't think it is a rivalry, but it certainly was in its prime. Colts Patriots. Oh, that was greatness! Yeah, yeah. some incredible games. Back Every in the day. year they played, and it, and then they meet up again in the playoffs. Yeah. And it was always it seemed like winner of that's going to the Super Bowl. All righty, thank you, Wolchuk. Top ten at four twenty every afternoon. Krusty's been on the phone a lot this hour, talking with NFL teams how to score against the Niners. He has a full report on that when we return in the G Back Nation. Welcome back, Nation. Time now for Krusty's Corner Two It features Brian Broadus. If you're around every afternoon for the two forty segment, the former Cowboy scout delivers his football analysis every afternoon. Well, today after the corner, he took a couple of more phone calls from sources around the league. And is prepared to update it, and here he is on Cowboys Niners. Thank you very much, General. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, these are some coaches uh, 
I know that have played the 49ers this year, offensive coaches, and uh, kind of walk me through some of the things that you need to understand when you're dealing with this 49ers defense. And uh, I, I did ask him some questions about Joey, the the Bosa's and stuff like that. All the Bosa's, huh? All the Bosa's. You wanted to know about it, brother and dad. Did you yeah. ask why brother's nose and chin continues to get bigger yeah. and bigger on a year-to-year basis? Can we get under Nick's skin as Nick, much Nick's, as Joey got yeah, irritated exactly. and fouls and stuff? Penalties, I should say. Nick's a more handsome guy than Joey, right? Definitely. And he got all the good looks in that family. He's like a true man dime. Like, yeah. from head to toe, he is what you would call the the like physical perfection and then joey has this chin and this schnoz that you just it's like yeah do they have the same parents <laughs> he does have the the HGH, it does look different yeah it might be all the hd might different you know. okay my coaches, everything grows with that my coaches were telling me this <laughs> everything everything they were saying they my coaches were saying that that was harder it's harder to play against todd bowles than it is to play against D'Amico ryan's simplistic right very simplistic. We doing a lot of cover three, rush four. Our guys are better than yours. Yeah, it's it's like it's very simplistic coverage. I'm I'm you're over there getting it done there, Chief. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, my guy said, listen. I said, hey, give me give me the situation. The Cowboys faced Todd Bowles last week. You know, and you know when you guys when you see Ryan's, what do you think? Oh no, it's it's harder to play against Bowles because he says Bowles is always going to have a package ready for you, something you haven't seen. He goes, the thing with D'Amico, D'Amico won't play against a team he could feel like that he could just out-scheme or just out-play because of his players being better. He won't come up with anything new or different. Let's not complicate it. Let's just go push him down all afternoon. Exactly. Exactly. He says with Bowles, you're going to get something kind of different every week. Hmm. But with, with D'Amico, he, no. You're just – now – this Is that going to backfire on him? I don't know. The one guy said he goes, yeah, it it it's something that you kind of you have to be alert for. But he says, I I he goes, I feel like that he's going to have a pressure package ready for you guys in this game. They're like I say, but there's some teams he just lines up and he knows he's better than, hmm. and he'll just he'll just play to whatever it is. This, yeah, no need to take risks. Yeah. we'll be in position. We'll make the tackles. But he respects the Cowboys. Then, yeah, if he's going to have a pressure. He's got a pressure. Okay, good to know. A lot of the this is a lot of the old Seattle defense is what this is. You're going to get a lot of zone coverage. You're going to get you're going to get a lot of man on third down is what you're going to do. Good, Dak will pick that apart. Now, I had my other coach say I asked him this question. I said, "Who are they going to try and take away in this game? Who do you think he said?" CD, CD Ram, Tony Pollard. Uh, it, one one guy oh. voted. There's two guys, and they each voted for a different guy. Did they say Schultz? One guy said Schultz, and the other guy said they're going to try and take away Pollard yeah. in this game. Okay, is Leave what CD they were trying to do. Don't take away CD. That's fine. Yeah. Now, to, to your points about uh, one guy said this about about Nick Bosa, and I, I respect this. I respect this. This coach told me he says you can't let this get into a two minute game. And when he means a two-minute game, that all you're doing is rushing the passer. I, I, I yeah. say that on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Like, I think if you're the Niners, that's what you got to be scared about. Okay, the Dallas defense knows that, that uh, we have to throw the ball. We got 90 seconds to do it, and Brock Purdy's going to be running for his life. Like, that scares me more as a Niners fan than even a Cowboys fan, but it, it's, it goes both ways for sure. One of my guys said, though, I'd run the ball right at him, at it, at it Nick Bosa. Run right at him. He says, because what you need to do is you need to try and wear him down. 
there sure. you go. Make yeah. him have to make him have to fight blocks and make him have to get off blocks in order to make tackles. So it's like what you said when the Cowboys played the Rams. You said run right at Aaron Donald. Run at Aaron Donald. The Cowboys did that and right. they won that battle. They did win that battle inside. They sure did. I love the idea of Tyler Smith getting out and trying to push around Nick all afternoon. I, I mean, that's my hope. You know, I, mean, I know I'm I've been discussing some things with fans and stuff on Twitter. They're 49er guys. I appreciate you guys. I really do. A lot of passion there. But my well, my guy said, don't don't just run the ball away from him because he will chase that ball. But you got to run the ball at him and don't turn it into a two minute game. If all of a sudden Dallas is throwing the ball every snap, that will be a problem. What about their linebackers though, Brian? Can you handle that? Okay, the linebackers. What he says, the the one one guy said about he was talking about Fred Werner. Yeah, oh, and he said he I mean, says he goes, it's hard to fool him because he tackles well, but he also is not the biggest guy. And he goes, you can also run at him, hmm. is what they would try to do, and they did try and run at him. So Fred Warner again, sideline to sideline player, hard guy to fool, but you can run at him. One of my other coaches said, you need to change the tempo playing against these guys. Hmm. Okay. The Cowboys will do that. Yeah. They'll hit yeah. the turbo. That's why, that's why he goes, and, the, and he even brought it up. He said, listen, I've seen you guys play on tape. Yeah. You guys, you will chant, you'll go, you'll play fast. He goes, play fast against these guys. And they did it against Tampa, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, don't let them, don't let them rotate players. Don't let them feel comfortable. Change the tempo on them. Okay. I'm like, cool. My other guy said this, you got to win the middle of the field, especially on third down. He says, this is why, he goes, I think they're going to try and take away Schultz. Okay, because they sense. feel like that Schultz, they, they don't feel like, like, we mentioned this about Gibson and Hufenga, the two safeties at play here. You, it, this guy said, you can win against those two guys. And he said, you ought to put as many, get as many opportunities as you can to put Schultz on either one of those guys in this football game. I mean, the young tight ends, too. Yeah. Get multiple tight ends out there on these guys. Yeah. and Or, or Dak runs. Yeah. Big note was they have a problem at safety. You need to match them up as much as you can. Okay. Uh, one guy said check downs to Pollard will be, could be huge in this game. Because, because what he says is, and that, again, it goes back to the middle of the field. Find a way if it's stuff underneath, things like that. Throw him the ball, let him. He goes, this dude, this team really tackles well, but how many tackles you could break, you could put them in a lot of pressure there. But it's all he says. It's about trying to win the middle of the field. And the da, 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 da. I talked to you about the Ryan's has the the Ryan says the thing about he doesn't always have the plan. So yeah, yeah that's simple what my, game plan most yeah, of the time. Same, simple right. game plan. So. But the number one thing was that that they wanted both these guys said was because I asked them a question, they thought it was harder playing preparing against Todd Bowles. It's fascinating, which was last week as to pair what you're about to deal with right now. All righty, sounds great, great stuff from Brian Broadus. He'll have more tomorrow at two forty in Krusty's Corner. Merton Hanks will be on with KNC tomorrow afternoon one thirty. And if you missed it, the Cowboys did sign a new kicker, Tristan Vizcaino, although at this point they're saying it's uh, just insurance. Yeah, and I talked to a team that had him, and they said he's a little erratic. Okay. All righty. Better than a lot erratic. Yeah. Uh, And I I think this year did he kick? Was he five for five? Three of three. Two for two on field goals, three for three on extra points. Did you confirm he does not have the yips currently? 
Well, he's perfect so far, but my guy said strong leg, a little erratic. Is it a good thing the Cowboys keep bringing up last year's loss? Michael Irvin answered that question. We'll discuss it next year in the G-Bag Nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.